2021, we've been waiting for you. We've been waiting and you're here. And you know what? Listen, it's a little dark right now, at least here in Ontario. We're in a lockdown for month three now, two, three. I don't know what we're in. For you. For you, clowns. uh, That's true. And then I was getting my hair cut before Christmas. Ah, the entire province. Yeah. Yeah. I I knew about the lockdown. Okay. So uh, my hairdresser, before it even hit the news, was like, hey, so I think there's going to be a shutdown and you need to come get your hair cut right away. I was like, okay. Was that so, was that the receptionist at first choice? <laughs> wow. How am I the one getting chirped for my hair on this show? Adam, get your wolf mother ass back on the screen. How is this guy? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> also, no offense to anybody who gets their haircut at first choice. <laughs> that was when I first moved here. How dare you? How dare you? It was at one point you actually did get your haircut at first choice. Hair I choice. did. It was and his then first I choice. Stopped. Yeah. <laughs> and I stopped for reasons. How now, am? How is my hair the one getting chirped? Uh, my hair is great. I don't know what you're talking is it? about. My hair is fantastic. I look boyishly handsome. Thank you. Very There's much. a compelling so, Adam. This is a reason for anybody who doesn't regularly watch the podcast to maybe get up YouTube and uh, type in the Steve Dangle podcast because Adam Wild got. Uh, what do you call it? A blow? I, got a, I gave myself a blow. Up. <laughs> he got a blow. Yeah, up. So I got some curl. So basically I got to the level of the pandemic where I'm like, okay, my hair, I can't sleep back anymore. Like it's curly anyway, but like I couldn't, I can't do anything with it anymore. Uh, I haven't had my hair cut since October already. So, yeah. um, try something else. What does it look like when it's obscenely curly? So I, I, sh- I showered, I washed it, which I do once or twice a week. Um, I shower more than once a week, by the way. It's just the hair wash. You don't do never more your legs, much. though. Uh, and never my legs. But uh, so then I put uh, I, I put curl cream in it. But you're not supposed to like this is what I learned. You're not supposed to take your towel and like brush it dry or whatever, because that ruins the curl. You're supposed to let it be wet. And then you kind of put your head over and then you you kind of you put this curl cream in it and then you use those diffuser things, those big the big attachments for your um, your uh, uh, blow dryer. This is the thing that I know about Yes. And then and then you kind of scrunch it up. And that's what I did. And I, I put it on Instagram last night, fully expecting to get lit up and people kind of liked it. So I'm like, well, you know what? I guess I'm going to keep it. The more I stare into your adoring eyes, the more I'm like, you know what? He do be rocking it, though. See, it's, it's good. I don't think. I don't think people really knew how curly my hair was too. Like in the summertime, this is just what it looks like. It's just, it's just. No, it's not. Adam's lying. That's not true. (laughs) It's never seen you look. No, you haven't looked like this since high school. Well, yeah. And I did look like this in high school, but this is my natural hair. This is what it kind of looks like. I'm I'm like, it's weirding me out that you don't have braces. But I never blew it out in high school. Sorry, what's that, Steve? It's weirding me out that you don't have braces. Like, I I think that's what's making this all look weird. Well, it's because I'm long past that point. And thank God for that. And a lot give, give less your, Give your teeth time. a lick. Mm-mm. Ugh, there you that go. Feels good. And feels you can't good. do the thing that I do because my hair is a total shit show right now, but I just throw on a hat every day. No, you my head's too big. You can't do that because your head is too large. <laughs> like, I, every time I tell people that my head's too big for a helmet uh, or, or uh, uh, a hat, they don't believe me. Like, it's, it's almost like a foreign concept to them. 
And so I, I, every time I have to do it, they're like, here, put on my hat, put on my hat. I'm like, I'm going to, here, here I go. I'm dance monkey, put it on. And like, of course it's like, it, it just fits around the crown of my head. And they're like, oh wow, your head is really big. I'm like, yeah, I've been trying to tell you that for 10 minutes. Thanks for putting me through the test though. I appreciate it. Just take a trash can or I'm sorry, a barrel. <laughs> put it on your head. I like that transition, sir. You know, we got a lot going on on the show today. I, I am, I'm in mid conversation with Chris Johnston to bring him on. Uh, today's the special anniversary of something particularly funny. Uh, Chris was there for, and he's going to tell the story about that. If we can get him on, he's obviously uh, working right now. So, you know, Chris is a, if, if not, we'll get him next week. Uh, but this is a, this is a really, really good story. And we definitely wanted to come on and tell, and maybe talk a little bit about Leafs camp as well. Uh, we will talk about the world juniors, uh, uh, like so much to get through. And of course, a little bit of a season preview uh, in the next couple of weeks, obviously we're going to, we're going to hit a, hit a couple divisions today. And then a couple divisions next week uh, as we kind of get, you know, countdown to the NHL season starting. And uh, also Pierre-Luc Dubois and uh, Patrick Laine and the Panthers are allowing fans in this year as well. So there's lots to talk about, starting with the World Junior Championships. Um, obviously, you know, uh, I, I... U.S. I, cheated. I, <laughs> no. Well, they didn't. <laughs> they, you know... Stop the count. No. It's a... It's funny... You never want to be the really good team that hasn't faced some sort of adversity. Like, I, I would rather be on a team with one loss than zero. Does that make sense? Yes, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And so Canada, it was funny. There was a lot of talk going into this game. And this I cannot stand this kind of talk because they hadn't won anything yet. But the talk was this could be one of the greatest Canadian teams of all time. With, an, I, with I, an enormous asterisk that they have to win gold. Yeah. Right. And, and so, yep. the, first of all, for me, the conversation can't begin until they've at least faced one test. And if you watched any of the games, they didn't face a test. Not a single team was that good uh, against them. And, I mean, Russia beat the United States, but obviously uh, Russia was not, not great against Canada. So it's they not really horrible. much of a test. Horrible. They look horrible against Canada and horrible in the bronze medal game. Did you watch the bronze? Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't see the bronze. I didn't that see was the sad. Was that that was sad. They didn't want it. They didn't want it. The Finns did. Slava Fetisov, who was the head of the, the Russian Sports Federation, like the, basically the, the head of their sport, uh, basically said that none of the Russian team players could have made Team Canada. And that's pretty – I mean, I know Europeans are, are known for being a little bit more frank and a little bit more emotional in their quotes. That's pretty in intense and pretty telling. And I, I don't necessarily think I would agree with that. I think there's probably three or four guys on there that maybe, be, maybe would have been on Team Canada. But even three or four. Right. That's it? Russia? Yeah. That's yeah. so that's wild. That's wild. I, Rachel Dory said, said I think four. And like I, even like that's that's wild for a, a country that's supposed to be that good. Does that speak to where Canada's going or where Russia's going? <sighs> I would say where Russia's going cuz it's been like an even race, right? Mm -hmm. Or roughly. Um they've sort of been neck and neck it's four or five countries canada's usually in there sometimes at the front sometimes trailing behind a little bit um but russia's taken a little bit of a step backwards uh developmentally um oh god i retweeted a, a thread last night but basically there's i remember hearing a lot about this back when i covered the khl there's so much politics in Russian hockey and even more so than Canada, you know, a lot of nepotism and, and stuff like that. But it's, um, it's a lot of who, you know, it's a lot of who, you know, 
and a lot of who is good now and not who's going to be la- uh, good later. It's not, right. not a good emphasis on development. Um, I heard, I listened to part of the Canada-Russia game in the car and they made a great point on the radio. Yaroslav Askarov has had, I think, five coaches this year. Wow. This year. In a season where a lot of players haven't even played. And this is the most hyped goalie prospect since like Carey Price. And he looked terrible. He did. He did. He looked terrible. You're allowed to have a bad game. You're allowed to yeah. have a bad game. He looked terrible yes. versus Canada. Not Yeah. Yeah, he was tournament. okay in the bronze game. You know? He was okay. Yeah. He's a weird. It's a very he's not a aesthetically pleasing goalie to watch. He's really jittery on his feet and everything. Also the right handed. I used to be used to that's that. That's so when, weird, right? When I was younger, but now no one does it. It's yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. So so uh, so Canada, Russia. There's no real challenge for Canada, and that was my big problem going into this game. Was like, okay, so we're gonna call this one of the best Canadian teams of all time because they've had no challenge, and it's not. It's not that they weren't very very good, and maybe the reason they had quote unquote no challengers because they were so good. But let's be honest, they got the luck of the draw on that one. They got an easier round rob in the United States that they just did. Yeah, and then you um, and you look at the way the United States came out, especially in the first period of this game. I felt like I was watching another team with a leaf on their sweater. The the Canada. I I was watching the Maple Leafs. The it's just the the United States came out and they set the tone, and that was it. It was sort of like Mm -hmm. they they you know Canada came back at the end as the Leafs often try to do, but it's that first ten minutes that really kind of set them up. I think. What okay so. What, what I was talking about in my videos is identity. So when you play the Finns, what do you expect? Well, skill, a lot of skill and, and good defensive two-way players, that kind of thing, right? For me, it's annoying players. Bunch they're of annoying. Saki Koivus. Yeah, they're not going to give up. Yeah. Uh, Russian, skilled, skilled. Uh, Canadians, kind of hard knocks, heavier, which I thought was the identity of this team. The States over the last few years to me have developed this identity as the fastest team in hockey. And they just, Canada was not ready for it. They hadn't faced anything like it. Uh, They couldn't get anything going. They couldn't get, they couldn't get out of their own zone, even when they had the puck. Um, And they never really figured it out until the States sort of got back on their heels, heels a little bit, a little bit in the final 10 minutes. That's, that's when Spencer Knight was actually tested. Right. And if you give a goalie who's that good, only half a period's worth of dangerous looking shots. I mean, you're really leaving a lot up to chance. You here. are 100. You play that game again, Canada might win, but but you, didn't. you play it once. That's the turning. Play it once, and yeah. and they hit a post too at the end. But even then, you know, are you convinced? Even if that goes in, right? And you're gonna hit posts in a game. That's what happens. And like so if that I went in. For- if Kirby Dykes play, you know what I mean. Like it's sort of it's it's a it's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, whataboutism going on with Canadian fans yeah. right now. It's almost embarrassing. Like on don't, Twitter, don't like, play guys, that game. Don't do that. It's such yeah. a waste. Of oh, time. the great win, United States! You, we weren't even playing our best players. Yeah, well, they didn't have Nick Robertson. Exactly. Like and you can do that every year. Every year. every year. They didn't have or Laughing year. Yeah, but but they didn't right. have uh, Robertson. So mm-hmm. it's the best that you can put out on the ice at that moment. Yeah, that's what it's about. And if yeah. Canada is this deep, and then then we should be winning. And and obviously the United States have put together a really really tough program to play against. My question is: um, Is this Canadian team as good as we thought they were going in? Meaning that 
There was a lot made about how good they are. Are they actually that good, even though they lost the game? My thing with the team was that the Americans showed up with the attitude it took to win a winner-take-all gold medal game. Like right. what I saw from Trevor, like pregame is what you want to see from the Canadians. You know, you want, you want the guys to come in with all the confidence in the world and know that they're going to, they're going to take it. And that's what it felt like the Americans had going in. They had the, nobody believes in us. Also, they had the, we're going to dominate these trash can Canadians, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> by the way, it reminded me of, can I just say quickly, Steve, oh, 10 yeah. out of 10 troll job, 10 oh, out of 10. Yeah. Like they oh, took well, a picture with the trash can. Beautiful. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that because yeah. supposedly they walked. Oh, they walked it back game. after, but coming in, that's that's the energy they had. That was that was what was going behind them, and that's that's what you want to see from the Canadian kids. And I feel like they didn't have that, so they can't be regarded as this great team if they don't do it at the gold medal game. I think no. that's that's it, point blank, right? The, the state's confidence going in reminded me so much of the Russians in twenty uh, eleven, I think. It was because 20, yeah, 2011 Canada when won, they beat 10 Canada. USA. Yeah. Yeah. So Canada's up three, nothing heading into the third. I'm sitting behind Zach Cassian's family. We're talking about like, Oh, you know, what, oh, so when, when are you going to go down and take a picture with them and stuff like that after the game? Ooh. Um, but Russia scores to make it three, one. And we all go, Oh, okay. Okay. It's fine. They're oh, still up God. two. Russia gets another one quick. <sighs> I can't remember if it was Kuznetsov or Tarasenko. But they literally are skating by Canada's bench, taunting them. Like, bro, you're losing. But that was the energy they had. And then it was bang, bang, bang. Canada never even had a shot after that. Never had a shot, not even close. And you know why? And like the state so sort much? of came in because I, it's amazing. No, and and they're 18. Like, when, ah, you, when yes, you're 18 yes. and you're, an, uh, you're a dick to people, like it, it's, so <laughs> much, it's so much more powerful because you're 18. You, yeah. you genuinely don't care. You know, yeah. and, if and, I was that good at anything when I was 18, I'd have, I'd have been that too. Yeah. Right. I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> you have, you Jesse, no do you respect. mind sending Jesse, just, this is a show note, but do you mind sending Chris Johnston our zoom link because he's ready to rock and roll whenever we are. So oh, do you mind just sending that to you want to do the, no. the trash cans or you want to well, let's do the trash cans and we'll bring Chris on. So they, they take a picture with this trash bin that has the team Canada logo on it. Mm -hmm. And after the game, they said, no, no, it's, it's actually our team motto. One barrel at a time mm -hmm. to which most of the internet responded. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even I want to say it was Greg Wyshynski's like, they're good at hockey. Not so good at making it things on the spot. So then I got text this morning though, or text tweets. Apparently it is a saying, but I got a great response that is, it's a great saying. It's a great sentiment. It's basically take the tournament one shift at a time. Don't, don't look at the whole tournament, just win each shift. Right. So mm. it's a great sentiment, but then they admitted, they're like, the optics are horrible <laughs> because yeah. even if, if you're, if it means the world to you and you're like, it's about this barrel one barrel at a time you get on the ice <laughs> bro it looks like you slapped a team yeah. game with a logo on a trash can it's not like they couldn't have had a barrel shipped in from amazon like they could have you know they could have got a barrel yeah. they just didn't and and yeah. I, I like think, a wooden barrel yeah like sure a pirate yeah 100 like, they could have had it dropped at the arena for them yeah <laughs> but they had this plastic like rain thing 
It's I don't know, whatever. I, and- I think I think it's kind of cool. And, and I'll tell you it why. Is. Just because there's no way that these two teams ever go head to head as they're constructed ever again. So it's the heartbreaking thing for these kids, eh? Yeah. Well, th- but th- that's what I love about it is that it's sort yeah. of remember how like, and I hate to bring this up this way, but Don Cherry used to be like, oh, don't embarrass your opponent, blah, 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 blah. It's something I don't get in hockey at all. Embarrass the hell out of your impo- opponent. If they're playing like shit, make them feel it and then be ready to play them the next time when they try to come after you. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, don't, you know, back off the gas pedal. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings except for when we punch their brains out. It's, it's such a bizarre hockey thing. I think the Americans played it perfectly. You know, put the put the Hockey Canada logo on a trash can, bring it on the ice, take a picture with the your, with your your gold medals and everything like that, and you never have to play them again. There is no redemption. No, even like Connor McMichael in a few years is going to be lining up, you know, against Trevor Zegers in the yes. NHL. Yeah, and you know, Zegers is going to be able to hold that over him until McMichael finds something else. Even if we, if he finds something else, hey, I want a cup. You haven't, yeah. Well, gold medal. <laughs> gold medal. They're yeah. a trash bag. One like, of the <laughs> biggest winners out of the whole gold medal game was the Florida Panthers because both oh. their, that was both their goalie prospects. That's, like, that's how wild is that? How that bad does the Bobrovsky contract? Look? Oh yeah, you got these two guys just waiting there, and then you got Bobrovsky. But they could completely unnecessary. Away. You could be, yeah. you could be one good and two bad Bobrovsky seasons away from that, right? <laughs> Oh yeah. Because remember, he's he's hot one year and he's awful the next. That's he'll the be, rules. He'll he's be LTIR. He'll be LTIR within four years. Watch. Right. Right. Hundred yeah. percent. And two of those years will be Vesna's, and the other two will be awful. <laughs> himself right out of the league. And welcoming on rules. here very soon. Uh, we just see his. Uh, we're seeing his camera pop up. Oh, look who it is! Outside Woo! the Leafs practice arena that he's not allowed in because he's a security risk. There <laughs> is. There is things happening in here. We're covering a training camp. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get in my car. It's going to be a little bit uh, cooler, warmer, rather. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine. So, uh, strangely enough, uh, so Chris has got to go to the practice area to shoot his hits for Sportsnet. But, Chris, you are not allowed in, which I think is pretty rare, isn't it? Yeah, the Leafs, uh, at least the start training camp, are one of seven teams where there, there wasn't uh, local uh, allowances to have reporters in. So, 24 teams, reporters are in right now watching practice and covering it as normal. And here in Ontario, the Leafs and the Senators aren't uh, able to do it because the provincial lockdown is preventing that. So in Florida, you-, you get to breathe on all the players. Yeah. They're <laughs> like, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, Texas. <laughs> you know, basically yeah. all the places that are allowed to have fans at the start of the season, you know, a lot of those governments aren't as, as concerned about the, this stuff. We've heard about uh, the Panthers being allowed, but do you do you know who else is allowed to have fans right away? Yeah, I I think Nashville is planning to. I, the short answer is I don't know a hundred percent. I think Nashville and Vegas are able to pretty soon, if not off the beginning. Uh, I expect Tampa will because they've been having about three thousand fans at the Raptor games played out of Amelie Arena, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know if there'll be many more beyond that. I mean, initially. It's not going to be a lot, but I, you know the hope from the NHL is you, you don't have the the playoffs starting till May, so they go through May, June, and into July. Uh, vaccines get rolled out, maybe uh, these lockdowns stop, and and there'll be more and more as the season goes along. Um, Chris, we we did want to bring you on 
to there, there's a story I want you to tell. And I don't think Steve knows the anniversary no. of what today is, but no. it's a very special anniversary. We'll get to that in a second because this is going to be a great story. But I, I do want to know, you know, what your initial thoughts on training camp are with the Leafs, given given the access that you guys have had. I'm not even sure if they're streaming anything. Um, and, you know, the question periods, what have you what have you found out? What's been surprising and what's been kind of routine? I think the biggest surprise probably to start camp is the fact that Travis Dermott is outside the Leafs top six at this point. And, you know, the one thing, the one thing I haven't been able to glean entirely is, is that just, is, you know, are they trying to light a fire under him a little bit, you know, have him compete for his job or, you know, is he really in danger of not playing many games this season? I think it's, it's too soon to say, and let's face it, we can get all bent out of shape about this line or that line, but, this is a sport that tends to include a lot of injuries at the best of times. There's even more uncertainty this year with COVID. You know, we've seen the other sports, uh, you know, teams have had to deal with, whether it's the NFL or or even the NBA, some positive tests and things of that nature. So, you know, I I don't know how this is going to shake out, but I'd say that's the biggest surprise that, you know, if, if game one was today, it doesn't look like Travis would be dressing for that game just because he played all 56 games. He was healthy in last year. Um, you know, beyond that, the, the Joe Thornton on the top line news made some waves. That, that That's kind of interesting. Um, and I just get the feeling in general, there's a, maybe a bit of a different vibe from, from Sheldon Keefe. I mean, it was a bit of a kumbaya kind of deal when he took over for Mike Babcock, uh, you know, back in November 2019. You know, the team was in a tough spot at that time. He pumped music in net practices and had all these skill sessions Whereas it sounds like this has far been more like what you might expect from uh, an old school training camp. Lots of drills without pucks, lots of skating and, and conditioning and, and you know maybe a little bit of a tougher edge from the, the head coach than we saw in his first half season here in Toronto. I mean, I didn't cover the Marlies a ton, but like that's what I expected out of Sheldon Keefe. He was kind of prickly, you know, right. so this, this to me is just a return to normalcy. Yeah, and I think, you know, what's interesting is he said that he just felt like he, this wasn't even an option for him when he took over the Leafs. He said, you know, the energy and morale around the team was low. He felt like he had to kind of pump them up and, and you know, not in motivational speech sort of way, but I think, you know, try to bring in some some positive flow, I guess, in the work uh, situation for his players. So, you know, this is a chance for him, I think, to put a different spin on things. You know, obviously it's a different team too. They've added, you know, six new faces since the, the loss to Columbus. And so it's a, a bit of a different looking team and he had a role in, in, you know, helping lure those free agents here and what have you. So, you know, it's, there definitely is a, a, a different vibe and it's just, it's, it's tougher for me to put my finger on it compared to normal just because I haven't been able to watch the skates and get the same feel for, for how things are going. That's got to be tough as a reporter to, to not even be able to see it. It is, but I mean, if that's my sacrifice in a pandemic, then I'm living a pretty good life. You know what I'm saying? Like, Fair enough. Like, we, there's lots of people out there doing stuff and, and, and that are is much different than what's normal. And so, you know, I don't want to come off the wrong way as though I'm complaining because I certainly understand why this is the way it is. It's, look, it's not even in the NHL's hands or the Leafs' hands. I mean, the government's setting which stores can be open and which ones can and which workplaces can be open under what conditions. And right now, those conditions don't allow the media to be in. Um, I do want to ask you uh, about, there is a quote that Sheldon Keefe said that he hopes this, two-week period will be the hardest of the season. Um, do you think that the Leafs, do you, do you sense any, I mean, it's it's hard, but you talk to people every day and I guess you can get a sense of motivation. And I like we, we talked at the end of last season, which was a few months ago, um, about, you know, how Mitch Marner came into last season kind of feeling a little bit off, new contract, but a lot of, you know, 
some bitter feelings, I would say. Uh, surprise on his end about, you know, uh, how Leaf fans reacted to what was going on this or that past summer and, and the Darren Ferris negotiations and all of that. Um, do you get the sense that everybody's sort of like, okay, contract stuff's over for the next two, two three years. Um, the core is here. Uh, we're ready to go. Or is it just sort of like business as usual? No, I, I think everyone understands it's a pretty unique opportunity because, you know, obviously there's lots of hype around the Canadian division itself, but let's extrapolate that one further. One of the seven Canadian teams is going to play in the conference final. You know, that's guaranteed as of today. And I think, you know, the, the bookmakers, you know, people that do the, the statistical analysis, and I think even the Leafs themselves believe they're the team to beat in the division. And so I, I'm not going to sit here before a game's been played and say the Leafs are, you know, there's a, a clear path to the conference final for them. But if, look, there's, there's, this is a really good opportunity. I mean, they had Boston and Tampa in their division the last three years, you know, where the Leafs were on the rise, but those were two of the top five teams in the league each of those years, basically. And, you know, Boston could have won the cup two years ago. They got the game seven and Tampa won it in the bubble. So, you know, they, they had to go through two pretty formidable opponents. And it's not to say that this, the North division is full of soft touches by any means. Obviously there's star players right across this division. I think there's, there's lots of reason for optimism in, in many of the Canadian markets, but you know, I think the Leafs understand a, that just it's getting late early here. It's time to, that they have a, a playoff run. It's time that they become what they're supposed to become a and B that this is such a unique season, a great opportunity for them. I mean, most of the team has been skating here for two months. I mean, this is, I'm, I'm only staking at the parking lot because it's training camp officially, but you know, most of the guys, most of the guys have been here. And so I, I, I get the feeling there is a, a different vibe around all of this because look, if this year doesn't go well, I, I think the, the pressure for change will be high. I'm not saying everyone gets traded out of town, everyone gets fired, but you know, th this is, this is all they got, so to speak. And so, you know, I, I don't know that anyone really has to tell them what it means. I, I think that they understand intuitively that there's a lot riding on the next 56 games plus uh, however they play after that. Okay. Now it's story time, Chris, because we're I'm dying to know your time. Okay. Yeah, I want to ask you more questions, but I'm dying to know. Yeah, we'll, we'll bug you again, Chris. I know that there'll be lots to talk about in the coming weeks. But in the meantime, a uh, friend of the show, uh, Julian uh, McKenzie out of Montreal, tweeted that today is the anniversary of one special particular interview. It also coincides with a coach being let go six years ago. Can you speak to the particular exchange I'm talking about and the famous picture where you're actually in it? And we, we've never asked you about this, but we should have. Oh. Okay, there's, there's, there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, how does Julian know that this was the anniversary? I don't know. Like, like I don't this, know. This isn't like the day you get married or like when your partner has a birthday and you got to remember the date. Like, how <laughs> how he had any idea that this was the anniversary of that, I, I would love to know. Maybe that's, that's the probably... thing he remembers most about Randy Carlisle being fired. Right. I think oh. Randy was fired maybe a couple days or a day before, or maybe it was today, but certainly I remember very well. It was actually in the building that I'm sitting outside of and tensions were very high that season around the team. I mean, we don't have to go through the, the nine to two Nashville stuff. You know, I remember one of the players was really mad. They played a game in Buffalo that same week and they, they said a Leaf fan actually threw a beer onto the bench oh. during the game in Buffalo. Oh, but they were shit. just they were just annoyed that like 
that one of their own fans is tossing beer at them during a game. Like it's kind of insane. Right. So, yeah. And, yeah. and so naturally whenever you're covering a good team or sorry, a big team like the Leafs and there's lots no, of media, not a good things, team at that point. Well, they weren't <laughs> a good team. Correction. That's, yeah. That's yeah. The, hmm. the point. But when you're covering a team where there's a lot of interest in what they're doing and what they're doing isn't going well, and there's lots of media, it gets very tense. And so on this particular day, six years ago, uh, Dave Festruck, a columnist for the Toronto Star, still covers the team. Uh, and Phil Kessel had some words in the dressing room. And awkwardly, and it's so awkward if you watch the video, I was literally between them, like physically. <laughs> so what did Dave ask that prompted Phil's answer? Uh, I should have watched the scrum before story time. Well, I, I, I know the spirit. I know the spirit of the question Paraphrase. was about. Paraphrase. Wasn't it about like getting coaches fired, basically? Yeah, basically inferred that he might be uncoachable. And what did he have to say about that? This guy's such an idiot or something like that. <laughs> this guy's <laughs> such an idiot right here. <laughs> and, and it was so tense. Like, I wasn't between them because I was breaking up a fight. I just happened to be standing at the wrong place. I mean, I'm not the biggest guy. So usually in those big scrums, I got to be close to the player because – to get my microphone in, right? I also like asking questions, so I don't like being behind all the cameras. But I got caught right between these two, and there's some hilarious pictures. Like, in modern-day times, that would have been a meme in a minute. Yes. But we, oh. just, just, we just weren't quite there six years ago, so thankfully I was mostly spared that, except for Julian uh, has reintroduced it to the world. <laughs> you guys want me to play it here? Yeah, play it. Play I it. Can play sure. It. Can I see it? Uh, no, I can't have it up on screen, but I can just play the audio. You got it right after. We got it. We'll, we'll put the link in uh, in the in the YouTube link so you guys can see it, and you can see Chris. A lot face. of people should be ashamed of themselves. Um, I'm embarrassed for them. You know, you know what? I'm I'm dis. Well, there's, there's been suggestions within the organization. You're a difficult guy to coach. Is, is there any to that? I don't think so. You know, that's a weird question for you to ask. So, on a day that? like that, um, you know, your coach you're the best is on the team. And if the coach is got <laughs> you think it's my fault? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying you're, is that what you're saying? saying that you're difficult to coach. Is that what you're saying? I'm okay. asking you a question. Are you difficult to coach? Do you think? I don't think so. Okay. I play. Hey. Thanks, Bill. This guy's such an idiot here. <laughs> He's always been like this here. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. How many bad articles have you? I don't see any of these guys disrespecting the players like you are. Yeah. You know, I've never seen someone disrespect the players in this organization. Not me. Yeah. I didn't know it went on this long, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, oh yeah, because Phil was walking to the back, like where the players go to change, and that and he was still having the words as he was walking out. So, what do you do in that situation? Do you like? Does anything? Do, do you, does anyone say anything to Dave? Does anything anyone say anything to Phil? Or do you just kind of pile out and go, okay, well, I guess that happened. Uh, well, in this case, Phil was gone. Like we never, and we who knows, we might not have talked to him for six weeks after that. I, like literally, you know, he wasn't that quotable around the team. So we didn't see him a lot. I'm sure we talked to Dave. I, I, this feels like a lifetime ago. I mean, that's, what's kind of hilarious. And it's only yeah. six years, you know, six years in your life passes relatively quick, especially as you get older, but <laughs> six years around a sports team, like all the personnel changes, the coach changes twice, you know, we're on two GM since then. Like, it's crazy how, how much warp speed gets applied in the pro sports context. But, you know, look, the truth is, is that kind of thing, and that, that one's really notable because it was captured, it was a big day, it went everywhere. But that sort of exchange used to happen when I was a younger reporter way more than it does now nowadays. I mean, I just, maybe because I've been around the Leafs a lot and they've, they've been pretty good, 
but there just hasn't been that many tense exchanges in most of the six years since. But at that particular point in time, there was there was a number of tough scrums like that one. And for anybody that's a Leaf fan that is bemoaning the fact, and I'm one of them, that that you know they haven't won a round since I was in grade eight. Ten. Uh, grade 10? No, grade 8, man. Grade 8, 2002. 2004. 2004. They went around in 2000. Oh, they did win around in 2004. That's right. Because it was Philly. Philly was the one that knocked him out, right? Sure were. Yeah. Ottawa, they won. Okay, all right. Fair enough. So 2000. Game so 7, 10. Joe Newendike. Two right through Laleem. Two beach was, balls. That was so good. Uh, if only we'd known that was it. Uh, but... <sighs> The, the, the long and short of it is, you know, it's, Nick Robertson it, hadn't even played hockey yet by that point. It was half our lives ago, Adam. A hundred percent. It's crazy. But you know what? It's amazing how much, at least we don't have that going up. We've had a lot of heartbreaks since, but at least in the past six years, we've moved past that. And Chris, uh, if you were to, if you were to cap it right now, who is the Leafs biggest challenger? And then we'll let you go in the, uh, in the Canadian division. Ooh. Which which fan bases do I want to piss off most? Edmonton, not- for sure, Edmonton. <laughs> well, I I actually think Montreal might be sneaky good this year, honestly. Uh, but I would say the number two challenger to the Leafs is Edmonton. Yeah, I, I actually I actually do think it's Edmonton. Look, every team has flaws in this division, and so that's that's what's sort of interesting. All the teams are kind of relatively unproven. And it's a weird year, 56 games, and you only play the the six teams that you're competing for playoff spot against. I mean, what a strange season. I, I just – I don't like Vancouver's offseason in a lot of ways. You know, adding Nate Schmidt, I assume they're going to get Hamannick signed, who's in camp on, on a tryout right now. You know, that, that does help. But I, I just think losing Markstrom could be really big for them. They have a lot of money tied up in their bottom six, and they don't have a lot of room to maneuver. You know, Calgary – is probably lurking in the weeds a little bit, especially if Markstrom plays well for the Flames. You know, Winnipeg, I'm not sure about their blue line and and just some of the, you know, some of the natural chaos that goes on with like the line A and, and Jack Roslovic trade talks. Uh, that's why I think Montreal is kind of lurking in the weeds because they have a bit of a mature team, but they have a couple young centers in Suzuki and Kakaniemi that, that could make or break their season. I'd like the Josh Anderson acquisition. I don't know if I like the seven-year contract that came with it, but getting him on their team this season, I think, is going to improve them. This is going to be so much fun. So I, oh. I didn't give you a great answer, but I'm, I'm going to stick with Edmonton, but I'm not saying it with a whole lot of conviction because I can just as easily make a case for four of the other teams. I, right. I said Edmonton in my video yesterday that asked, they asked me to predict the whole season. Um, just because, like, Montreal... I think they improved this off season. They had the nice little playoff win against Pittsburgh. They went in 24th. I'm counting it, but like they went in 24th. And they didn't win a playoff round. They won a play in round, right? Yeah. Like they looked good against Philly. Like whatever the, the Leafs can look good against the team and lose in a playoff series. I've seen it. Yeah, I've they looked good against four Boston. times. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> like yeah, hundred percent. Okay, all right, fair enough. Well, listen, Chris, I know that you got to get back to work, and we've already taken up too much of your time. But thank you for coming on and celebrating the the sixth anniversary of Dave Festchuk v. Phil Kessel. My God, what a world! I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you guys view this. Not that you because you're sort of more fans in this context, but I kind of wish there was a bit more of that sometimes. I don't know why. I'm not a necessarily a confrontational guy but it's this is it's all entertainment right like I, I i find the whole thing funny i bet phil would laugh about it now too if you had him on 
Yeah, I think he oh. probably would. He he probably would. Uh, he's probably he's kind of moved on and won a couple Stanley Cups since. So yeah, I think he's this okay. is a guy who put hot dogs in the cup on his cup day because of that whole Steve Simmons article. So I mean, like. It's clear Phil can laugh at himself under the right circumstances. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Chris Johnson, our favorite and the fourth member of the show. Thank you for coming on for the first episode of 2021, sir. Love it. Be well. Enjoy the season, everyone. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, sir. See you, man. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So uh, that is, uh, I, I had, to, when, when I saw it come up, Steve, and I didn't, this is why I didn't, I didn't tell Steve about this, what we were doing beforehand, because I wanted him to be, to, you know, to be a little surprised by it. I was. Um, I, it, it's amazing how much and how little can happen in six years. Do you know what I mean? By, well, like, you think about six years ago, that Phil Kessel thing still feels like yesterday to me. No, it feels, it's weird. It feels like a lifetime ago, and I remember everything about it. Because yeah. we, I mean, we talked we, about it on the show. I'm pretty sure you and I spent New Year's Eve together that mm-hmm. year, and the Leafs won that night. And I want to say it was over Boston, and they were good. They looked all right. Like they weren't. They still had all their flaws, but like they were in a playoff position. Looked like they might make it again. It was the Leafs who I think they lost two or three straight, and then they pulled the shoot. Um, and I remember we this this bad luck that we have with news happening just after the show we had that like seven years ago six years ago even and right before we were about to start recording carlisle got fired and this was at your place we used to record in my spare bedroom which was four places ago for you yes (laughs) minimum minimum might even be five who knows yeah and that bedroom uh recording in the winter was great because it would get so bloody hot in the summer. We yeah. made Justin Bourne melt. <laughs> you know, had Adam a, had that fan behind him. I had a tower fan. And he had, <laughs> we delayed the recording fan. of the show. We delayed the recording of the show by like 45 minutes because you had to put together a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That place was brutal because it was um, it was 35 years old or something like that. So it was really well built. They used to make condos a lot better than they do now. Uh, but the problem was it had an undersized air conditioner. So while it was great and you couldn't hear anybody or anything through the walls, it was amazing. Uh, the air conditioner was, was like super undersized and I would come home and for some reason, my temperature gauges were in Fahrenheit and it would be 90 degrees inside 90. Um, and it was all windows. It was all windows. It was just it was hot. A, you lived hot. on an ant farm. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it was, uh, I, it was going to be like five grand to fix the air conditioner to put a new one in. I'm like, I don't have $5,000. Like, <laughs> What would I, where would I get five grand to do that? So I guess I'm going to be hot. Sort of, <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess it's just going to be, be, be hot for $5,000. I will be hot for five grand for sure. That's for fun. a couple of weeks. It's Canada. Most of the time it's cold. I, uh, the video, I still remember the video I made when Randy Carlisle got extended. Oh, um, I'm yes. pretty sure the thumbnail for the video is just me drinking straight out of a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you remember when they did that, it was because they didn't want the, uh, the, 
the kids to run the school, right? It was yeah. sort of like the they wanted to show these these guys. I think it was Lupo, Kadri, Fanuf, Kessel, all those guys. Hey, you're not gonna you're not gonna fire every coach that comes in here. You're not gonna Ron Wilson this guy. Yeah. And uh, I wondered. Uh, I, I have heard since that the whole salute gate thing, which I thought at the time was. Do you remember when they when they refused to salute yeah. the fans? I thought that happened that season as well, and I thought that that was a misrepresented situation meaning that i thought the Leafs were just like we're not feeling good let's not let's not do it uh apparently that was real and it was a shot across the bow at the fans yep. Yep. and i've heard that since from I've several reporters yep. who were like oh no they meant it and yeah. it's like imagine they were they were they were mad at the coach they're mad at each other they're mad at the fans they're yelling at each other on the power play and getting pissed off and it was just everything was bad was and a, you yeah. look at the leafs logo from that year it was awful why did we like that logo for so long for several decades, several decades. It was an that's an ugly logo. Yes, it is. Anyway, sorry. And um, I had it on every thing I owned for every, many years. Sorry, okay, Jesse, which what? Leafs moment from that era ish is the most infamous? Waffles on the ice, toaster gate, or Phil Castle hot dogs? If you're ranking three of them, what's one, two, and three? Okay, so Waffle Gate, I think, is most remembered by fans of other Canadian teams because it's like their go-to chirp. Before Zamboni Driver, it was all about waffles. And I'm like, Not Bro, my dog. Not, no, not about, no. You're, <laughs> I've never put that together. Wow. Um, it's like me naming, uh, naming Iggy Ayers, Ayersy, <laughs> or something like that. But... Um, no, like it was so long ago that you know that famous picture of uh, the Green Men in Vancouver throwing the waffles at the leaf who's in the penalty box. The leaf in the penalty box is Tim Brent. Like <laughs> that's how long ago it was. It was forever ago. But the hot dog thing <laughs> was just this phenomenon, and it was after Kessel was traded that Simmons wrote that article. Mm -hmm. And then it caused the pension plan puppets to back when they were in their more cantankerous days. Oh boy, were they, they this, that was crazy. <laughs> they did like this whole investigative thing. Like he, that is impossible because we know that Phil Kessel lives here and there was no hot dog stand near there. He would have had to walk several kilometers. And you're telling me Phil Kessel walked eight kilometers to go get a hot dog every day. <laughs> Justin Bourne, who was on that with us that, that time said, big fucking deal. Like he right. eats a hot dog. Right. So what? They burn like 8,000 calories a day. Who cares? Like really, who cares? And yeah. and so I remember, I remember His that. His next article was Michael Phelps eats an entire pizza. It just <laughs> yeah. burns it in two laps. Yeah, you know? right? like, well, didn't he? He's shaped like a flying squirrel. <laughs> the, the, uh, the article on him eating so much pasta just to get enough carbs to burn off. Right. Yeah. Like that's the infamous Michael Phelps story. Like if you ate what Michael Phelps ate, you'd be sick. You'd yeah. be sick. It's crazy. I, I do want to say too, I lived in a building adjacent to where Phil Kessel lived back in the day. So, I, and the only reason I know this is because our parking garages, by the way, I was in the extremely not wealthy section. <laughs> I was in a one bedroom, 300 square foot apartment that the only room there was in, sorry, it wasn't a one bedroom. It was a bachelor. The only room there was in the apartment was the bathroom. So that's the only other walled off area. Everything else was just, it was, here's the stove. You're sleeping beside it on your bed. Uh, but uh, Phil Kessel drove in one night and I, I think it was like a Porsche SUV or something like that. And I saw the outline of his head 
And I knew it was him. I was like, that's Phil Kessel. And, uh, and then I looked up when, because I'm nerdy like this, when uh, his apartment went on sale, there was a bunch of articles published about it. And I was like, it is in that building. And I felt really good. I was like, I knew I saw him. I knew it. That's, that's my Phil Kessel story. That's, that's great, man. Thought. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> when you, you met him once, right? You met him at the All-Star game? In Columbus, yeah. With Justin, right? And he had already blocked me on Twitter and he had no idea who I was. <laughs> He had absolutely no idea. And he was very nice. He was very yeah. nice. And we took a picture and it was great. That's great. Does he still have you blocked? He, let me check. He must. Uh, you guys have yet to ask, answer my question. What is it? I just wanted you to rank those three moments. Hot dogs. Oh, hot dogs. Number hot dogs, one. number one. one. Yeah. Okay. Number one. And the other two were, other two were what? Uh, waffle gate. Throwing, them, throwing the waffle on. And uh, the toaster. Okay, so I'm going to say waffle three, toaster two, because the toaster is substantial. Like, mm. How do you get a toaster into an arena? Uh, like waffles, I can understand. You can sneak that in in your pants. Like that's easy. Well, the toaster is uh, Carlisle's, right? Oh, man. Oh, that was a toaster. I thought someone yeah. threw a toaster on this. Like, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, the toast. No, the toaster thing's just hilarious. The good yeah. one, Randy. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't even find Kessel. Yeah, number and two. And Bozak is Bozy 42, right? Yeah. I can't even find him. Bill was P P Kessel eighty one for a long time. Maybe he deleted his Twitter. P Kessel. Yeah, I doubt he's tweeting much these days. So P Kessel. Yeah, I'm still blocked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh well, that's so great. Well, listen, uh, we do have to get on to some other things here. Although we've had a ton uh, in that first hour there with Mm -hmm. with Chris Johnson. I do want to do a quick shout out because we were in World Juniors talk. Trevor Zegras with that tournament tournament MVP, seven goals and 11 assists. Pretty amazing. And also, I want to throw this out there. This is a tweet that was sent to me by a podcast listener, Jamie, but it's written by Stephen at DTSB underscore nine eight. Defenseman in the Maple Leafs organization. KHL D-Man of the Year 2020, OHL D-Man of the Year 2020, QMJHL Finalist D-Man of the Year 2020, World Junior Championship Best D-Man 2020, World Junior Championship Best D-Man 2021, Oh Muzzin, Riley, and Bodie as well. So that's Lettinen, Hoffenmeyer, Villeneuve, Sandine, and Namia. It's Namia, right? Uh, Niemela. Niemela, sorry, excuse me. I've heard Niemela and Niemela. Um, I think it's Niemela. Niemela, Okay. I defer to you on that because you know Finnish names much better than I do. But pretty great. Future looks good. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, if you look at the um, – let me let me bring up the Kevin Papetti tweet. So, you know, being named Who's the that? best – Who's that loser? Some Eric Papetti. No, so be, being named the best defenseman at the World Junior. Like, so what? It, everyone's always like, you know, it's it's seven games or whatever. It's a small sample size. It doesn't mean anything. That that's often the case, but best defenseman. It's a very good group. Uh, since two thousand eight, uh, two thousand eight, Doughty, Carlson, Petrangelo, Ryan Ellis, Brandon Gormley. We played in the NHL, though a bit of a bust. Um, Jacob Truba, Rasmus Ristolainen, uh, Gavrikov. I forget his first name. Zach Wierenski, Thomas Shabbat, Rasmus Dahlin, Alexander Romanov, who Habs fans are drooling over, Rasmus Sandin last year, and Toby Niemela this year. It's a good list, man. It's They're very, 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 very likely to have a long NHL career, if not be a star, if you're named the best defenseman in this tournament. That's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty great. Not bad, eh? Not bad. Not bad for a team that really hasn't had a first-round pick either. Right. I mean, well, they did this year, thankfully, but they, yeah. well, you know, they've, they traded some guys away or they've been low first rounders. I mean, this is, this is you know, like Sandine was practically a second. 
Basically. Yeah. I mean, like, what is it after Bourne said, what's the difference between what's the big friggin' difference between 20 and 40? It's basically right? after 15. It's the, the difference between the 16th pick and a seventh. It's it's not huge. Not huge. Yeah. Not huge. So, Devin Levi was a seventh round pick this year. Wow. He, he's a, he's not a CHL player. He's a CCHL player. I think that's Canadian Junior A. I'm not totally Maybe. sure. I love that. Um, did you see the Alex Kalorn tweet, by the way, about Devin Levi? No, what he said. Oh, he needs to take shots on him. Yeah, when he was 14, and somehow he has a picture of it. Um, and I told a story in a video I want to say I did after the Russian game, and I'll tell I'll tell it here. So I went to the naming of the Canadian World Junior Team. I think it was 2012 in Calgary. Um, and I was setting up for an interview. I think it was with Brendan Gallagher, who was on that team, Mark Shifley, and I want to say Braden Shin. And there was a guy who I was there with for Nike. He was a former OHL player. I, I think he had a cup of coffee in pro hockey and he would work out with his junior B team. And then he realizes one of the players being named to team Canada was one of the junior B t- players who he worked out with. And it was Tanner Pearson. That's and, and, he, and he goes, he literally goes like, weren't you on that junior B team? Like what <laughs> happened? And Pearson's response was basically just, I, I don't know. I got better. <laughs> I, lo- I just i love that story i love That's that because he went cool. from i want to say he went from junior b to 40 points in the ohl as like a 19 year old mm-hmm. undrafted and then 37 goals like 90 something points he had such a good first half of his 20 year old season that canada was like well, I-, I guess we gotta invite him yeah and now he's got like several 20 goal seasons under his belt uh, you know, hundreds of NHL games, over a hundred NHL goals. Like, never give up, kids. Pretty great. Now, uh, we got to get into a couple of things. So, first off, we do want to do a couple previews today, and then a couple previews next episode, uh, discussing the new alignment of the NHL and what our predictions for each team in that new alignment will be. But before we get to that, we need to talk about the fact that the new alignment, as in the North Division, West Division, Central Division, and East Division, all have sponsors. All of them. Pretty crazy. What's next? They're going to rename the teams? (laughs) It's pretty funny to see the reaction to this because, first off, you got to understand, more 15 or more of NHL teams, if you don't know this, uh, in a good year, like, say, 2019, okay? That was the last good year uh, for revenue. 15-plus teams, not only do they not make a dollar – would not make it without equalization payments. Mm-hmm. Would not make it without equalization. To payments. the shock of no one. So when yeah, so when they when lose Brian money comes, free rev share. Yes. Yeah. When Brian Burke talks about that Gary Bettman's done a great job helping this league survive, he's not wrong. He's absolutely correct. And from a revenue perspective, you can talk about players deserving more, whatever salary cap, all those things. And I would agree with you on a lot of those things. The revenue share in this league is keeping it afloat because it's a gate driven league. And frankly, outside a gate, in a lot of markets, the sponsorship dollars just are not there. So uh, the bigger teams, the more the teams that garner more attention, are helping to pay for the smaller teams, and that's okay because we're trying to develop this sport elsewhere. We like that idea. Now, in there are probably ten teams who, even after revenue share, lose money. So pr- some teams will break even with the rev share; other teams will just flat out lose money anyway. 
Um, and there are Canadian teams in that. Like I, I think that I think even the Jets are $25, 30000000 million in the hole every year, but they're owned by one of the top 50 richest families in the world. So it doesn't matter. Right. You know, they can just light that money on fire. Who cares? But it's the reality is um, not great in the best of times for a lot of these teams. These are not profitable franchises in a lot of cases. They might be good tax havens. They might be good things. But the reality is revenue is not there the way it needs to be. Yeah. And so this when doesn't you know, mean that the league isn't profitable. No, like a lot that doesn't of the times mean that at all. these leagues make billions and billions of dollars, but the indiv- individual teams on the lower ends are just burning right. cash. You know? And b- billionaires don't hate to lose money on some of their assets because it shields their money. It's not the worst thing in the world. The equity goes up. They lose money every year, but the equity of the team goes up. Now, getting out of that for a second, if you have an issue with the NHL selling sponsorships on their division, knowing what I just told you, Really? You got to understand the necessary evil. Well, and, and by the way, everybody even calling this a necessary evil. It's not a necessary evil. It's not evil. Even, no. It is so, necessary, but they're just, they're, what, what part of this, of the people are like, at least it's not the Smythe division, division being besmirched. Well, you know what Con Smythe did? Made money. That's what Con Smythe's whole thing was. If you actually go into the history of Con Smythe, he had no money. He got investors, he brought them in, and he saved the Leafs, and that's amazing and super cool. But Con Smythe's whole thing was, how do we make this profitable? Con Smythe were alive today, he'd be totally for this. And that is that is something that we need to discuss because the the outrage that people have about Honda daring to sponsor a division, Scotiabank daring to sponsor a, uh, the Canadian division. Why do you care? It doesn't well, the, change anything. And the helmet ads, Adam. Oh, how will I know who I'm cheering for if I can't see the number on their helmet? The Flames. I want to say it's the Flames and the Leafs both have Scotia. It's gonna be friggin' pandemonium. How am they're, I supposed to know? I, they're both just S's. They're just different colored S's flying around the ice. I have no idea what's going on. And you know what? The, the, the problem, Steve, already existed. The Flames and Leafs logos were they're already so similar. I'm always like, whoa, why do you think I like Jerome McGinley so much? You thought he was a Leaf. Half my childhood, I thought he was a Leaf. <laughs> and then he'd go to the Olympics and actually wear one, and it's like, Jerome, what are you doing? <laughs> How am I supposed to know? How am I supposed to understand what is happening? Jerome, seven names or whatever it is. Look up his Wikipedia. He's got seven names. He does. Um, with the, the argument you hear so often is where does it stop? Right. And I... That's not an argument, by the way. That's not a yeah. valid okay, argument. That's you Question. yelling, somebody please think of the children. Yes. Clutching the pearls. But logic and reasoning, that's called a, what is it? The, the slumping, the sleeping, the slope or something? The slope yeah, argument? Something like Whatever. Slippery slope. It, slippery slope. Not a valid a argument. Slope. Not a valid argument. Where does it stop? I don't know. <laughs> so where does it stop? So you got advertisements on helmets, advertisements on the division. So soon it's going to be advertisements on the team name and advertisements on the jerseys and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So let's ask a different question. Where does it start? So, okay. You want to get, you want to get rid of helmet ads and you want to get rid of the division names. Let's go a step further. Let's take away Scotiabank arena and we just call it Toronto building. Iceplex. Iceplex. No. Because Plex is too close to Cineplex. Oh. And that's another corporation, and corporations are bad. All right? Yeah. So then why not? We we don't have the arena names. What? Let's take out commercials. 
I want to watch the games without the commercials. The boards. You got to do the boards. Yeah, I want the white boards back. Give white me the boards. white boards. It really bothers me when I see ProLine on there. Very upsetting. Takes away like, from the game. It's it's all like listen, I'm gonna like we're we're gonna sound like bootleggers here, like saying all this, but uh, no, we're not like dude, they gotta they gotta <laughs> make money. What do you what do you how do you think this works? Yeah. This is how the sausage is made, guys. Mm-hmm. Eat it or don't, but yeah. it's what's on your plate. Well, and, and the thing is, is that everybody who's upset about, and I think it was was it, I forget who it was in Leafs Twitter, and I, I apologize for ripping this off. I think it was uh uh oh god i can't remember anyway one of leaf's vaunted twitter one of the best followers on leaf's twitter tweeted out about the fact that oh you're upset about advertising on on jerseys and then puts the austin matthews uh crest and the adidas logo above it (laughs) which is on every jersey every jersey has an adidas logo on it right and you're upset about advertising so where does it stop where does it stop where does it stop like listen I think we can all agree that the Spengler Cup looks <laughs> a little ridiculous. You just put stickers on you. There you go. So what? Uh, you literally look like a parent who just gave up and let their kid put dollar store stickers all over your jersey. Like, listen, I understand that they're, yeah, maybe we should put a couple barriers up. You don't want to look like a like a dictator from you know from a cartoon. You know what I mean? It looks like they have a bunch of medals yeah. just on the side of their jersey. There's no NHL right? bylaw officer who's going to come and arrest you if you don't call it the Honda East Division yeah. or whatever it is. They just have to do it on the broadcast. It doesn't affect anything. Yeah, that's it because they're broadcast partners. Yes. 100%. I don't know. I Easy. still... You know what? It does remind me of that time I did three days in prison for calling it Air Canada Center after it clearly was not that anymore. <laughs> remember when people were upset? I remember when, when the Scotiabank deal was signed, people were like, but Air Canada Center, like, that's just a classic name. No, it's not. No, it it's a sponsor. It's a sponsor. It's it's an airline that sponsored a building. That, yeah. that upset me so much because I didn't understand why people care. Like, I didn't whenever either. I walk into Pearson Airport, I, I shed a tear. Because I'm just like, God, it's beautiful. God. Air Canada. Oh, that, those sponsor oh, rights. Canada. They really, they really got me in the feels. The best All part was Air Canada didn't even shed a tear. They were like, they were like, well, listen, you know, we had a great run. Yeah, Scotia outbid us. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's what happens. They're a bank. They have more money. Weird. Uh, but fans <laughs> don't go. Oh, this is bullshit. They're like, I'm gonna go to TD Garden. <laughs> Watch the Bruins fucking beat the Leafs. <laughs> Toronto Dominion Garden to you. Toronto sir. Dominion yeah. Garden. That's right. With Roger and Phil. I wouldn't, I, I was wondering about this and I think this is actually, like I wonder if the NHL itself, the NHL brought to you by blank is up for sale. Mm. Like how much would you have to pay? I'm, like, listen, everybody's got a price. You could have a huge, like Chase Bank, an enormous, or, or Wells Fargo, one of those huge American banks come in and go, listen, We'll give you X amount of dollars, but every time the NHL logo comes up, so does ours. I bet the NHL would sell that. But one thing I think they should sell, which is much more likely, is the playoffs as a whole or sell it round by round. So the, let's, for, for argument's sake, the Scotiabank first round. The mm-hmm. Honda Conference Finals? So one, Why not? One thing, yeah. one precedent that's already been set is the NBA Finals are brought to you by YouTube this year. So the NBA Finals brought to you by YouTube and like every, anything that came up, it was like, oh, it's brought to you by, I think it was YouTube TV they're actually advertising. So like NBA Finals brought to you by YouTube TV. So it's definitely a thing. 
Like well, it's been done. Jesse, if there's anything I've learned from the NBA, it's that the fans stopped watching as soon as that happened. <laughs> right. Nobody <laughs> watched LeBron. Nobody yeah. likes nobody likes the NBA. Nobody. Yeah. There are no nobody. stars in the NBA. It makes no money. So no. No. You know, it's ridiculous. Think? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Now, so so putting that aside for a second, it's not like North, South, East, and West are such great, beautiful names either for the divisions. I prefer Honda and Scotiabank. At least they have some color to them. We're gonna start with the Mass Mutual NHL East Division. That includes Oh, I got it wrong. Boston, <laughs> Buffalo, New Jersey, New York Islanders, New York Rangers. Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington. If you're going to pick three teams to come out of this division, guys, three teams. Not four? Okay, take four. Well, because four is the playoffs, right? I know, but three is just easier to remember. But yeah, four. Take four. You're right. Well, is first, it, just take four. four? Just take four. Or three. It's four. It's four. four. Okay. Um, so I love this division, and I'm probably going to be doing a lot of outside of watching the Canadian games. Mm-hmm. This is probably the division I think I'll watch the most. Just because there's the most rivalries, the most hatred there. Because it's essentially the Metropolitan Division. Yeah. Plus the Bruins and Sabres. Now, the Sabres, most of those teams don't care about. The Bruins have played most of those teams in the playoffs in recent memory. And it was not a good time because the Bruins were involved. (laughs) Philly, Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. in the conference final, Washington. They had a, at least one seven-game series in there. And you know what I didn't even realize until I started shooting my Sportsnet video yesterday? Zdeno Chara has to play the Bruins like nine times this year. <laughs> oh, I think the Bruins have to play Zdeno Chara nine times this year. Yes, they do. And I hope he treats them just as nice as he treats every other team. Get on a ladder and lick that there, Brad. That, that'd be fun. Oh, I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see I'm that. I'm sort of upset, and this might sound terrible, and maybe he would have never signed a deal here, but wouldn't it have been great to see Zedano in the Leafs jersey? No. No? No? <laughs> you guys are wrong. No. I want him cross-checking everyone. Let's go. Like, come on. Bring Not him in. everyone should be a Leaf. Oh, Zedano should have. It was like Yager at the end of his career. Don't you want him to be a Leaf? And I was like, no. no There's I got still that. something. Okay. Fair enough. So, Okay. So that, let's make our way through here so we can make this a succinct YouTube clip, you guys, later on. This is very right. important. So, we're going to the Mass Mutual East Division. Mm-hmm. Your team choices are Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Who are the four teams you are picking to come out of that division, starting with you, Jesse Blake? This is an easy one. The Islanders. Too hot to handle. You can't sleep on the Islanders coming off uh, Eastern conference finals uh, birth last season. They're only going to get better, especially with Matt Martin re-signed for four years. <laughs> oh I believe God. in Lou Lamorello. <laughs> Next up, Boston. Jesse, your first mistake. It was, it's actually the Dunkin Donuts Eastern conference. Finals. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. How dare you? <laughs> I That's hope paying that Matt Martin's through. salary, by the way. So we're just <laughs> yeah, throwing that out there. there. But, but okay, Matt Martin, so, by the way, locked up to a five, four-year deal, $1.5 million per season, yeah. and that'll bring him to the end of his career. Lou, Lou Lamorello has given Matt Martin eight years and $16 million. I don't understand. The, I, I even less understand GM of the year last year. Like, I get it when he was winning cups, but the GM of the year thing did not make sense to me. Um, and also when you've got Matt Barzal sitting on the, on the sidelines and you've got four and a half million in cap space, why are you signing Matt Martin? 
prove a point or because you just legitimately think that's the right thing to do? Jesse, your next choice. Um, next up, Boston. Definitely see them mm-hmm. still being a cup contender. I don't think they'll go too far in the playoffs, but I definitely think they're going to make it. So we got the Islanders. We got Boston. We got up-and-coming Philadelphia Flyers. I have Carter Hart. Carter Hart. Uh, stealing a couple games in there. Definitely bring Ooh. them to the player playoffs. Say Carter Hart in Boston. I, oh. Steve, go ahead. Carter Hart. There it is. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, Jesse, have you also been watching Bridgerton? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I might have checked it out. Yeah. Oh, and then good, we have, man. It's a good show. So we got New York. We got Boston. We got Philly. And lastly, the New York Rangers. Ooh. I have Pittsburgh missing the playoffs. I got Washington missing the playoffs. I got New Jersey and Buffalo. I think the Rangers are going to surprise a lot of people. They've made too many nice moves. And uh, having the first, first overall pick this past season, having Lafreniere on that team is definitely going to help. I think it's going to jumpstart them. And I have them sneaking in as a surprise team. Because there's always that surprise team that comes yeah. out of nowhere. And my bet this year is that it's going to be New York. Steve, who are your four teams? I got, I do have Pittsburgh, actually. Now, eventually, their playoff run is going to end eventually they're going to miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like they did so poorly in the bubble. And even though I don't really agree with a lot of the moves they've made in their off season, like Sidney Crosby just has this ability to will his team. Um, and Evgeny Malkin too. So I just don't see them missing. I got Pittsburgh making it. I have Zdeno Chara's Washington Capitals making the playoffs as well. Another team that really disappointed in the bubble, but they're going to get there. Bit of a different situation in net, but they're just, again, there's still too much skill there. I think they're going to be good. Um, I have also the up-and-coming Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, I had them go into the Stanley Cup final. I was mm-hmm. a little surprised to see they didn't do so hot in the second and a half round. Um, but Carter Hart, just another year better. They're amazing. And Boston, even though they took the hit of losing Chara and losing Krug, both on the left, um, they have an identity. And no matter who they plug into that roster, they're going to play like Boston Bruins. The Islanders I have on the outside because they're currently without their best player. And until they get him back, it's kind of an X factor. And they lose Thomas Grice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the Rangers, I could easily see them making it, but I just feel like maybe one more year. Okay. Now I'm going to Sorry, start- Devils and uh, Sabres. Yeah. So process of elimination is how I'm going to approach this division. Who are your 100% going to miss the playoffs? Buffalo, New Jersey, 100%. 100%. They're bad teams. And I know Buffalo Sabres fans are excited. And I know Eric Stahl looks cool with his long hair. Um, I- and yeah, like he looks pretty badass. It's wicked, right? It looks like a Viking. Like, cool, man. Like I'm great happy. Guy. Yeah. I think, like, I think like- my favorite interview from St. Louis, great guy. So, but sorry, Buffalo does not have it when you compare it to what other teams in this division have. Um, I also, we also know New Jersey stinks, but they're trying to, they're trying to turn it around. It's a development year. So be it. So be it. Goaltending though. Yeah, sure. They still stay. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Now, who are your maybes? In this division? Who are your Um, maybes in this division for the playoffs? Because I'm going to say... Islanders and Rangers are in the maybe discussion. And, and yeah. I, I put the Rangers in there because they're on the up. And I put the Islanders in there because they're on the down if Matt Barzell does not sign. As of this recording, he has not signed. So to me, the Islanders are not a playoff team. 
This is a team that already struggled to score goals. And I think they're on the down no matter what. Like well, they, they pro- lost maybe. they lost Taves for picks and didn't really replace him. They're losing Boychuk as well. Mm-hmm. Um, did they lose Andy Green or no, they kept him. Thank God. They kept him, but I want to say, didn't they replace Thomas Grice with Corey Schneider? That's Another tough. Lou guy. Well, it is tough. And and I wouldn't the one thing with the Islanders is goaltenders do well there. The trot system is good for goaltenders, and they've got a brilliant goaltending coach. I mean, this is the team that revived Robin Lanner and Simeon Varlamov in consecutive years. So you can't count them out. Right. However, but if your body's busted, like what are yeah. you gonna do about that? If yeah, his his hips brutal. And by the way, oh, Corey, they got Elias Sorokin, the okay. the guy from the KHL. We should, okay, so that's different. <laughs> pretty big difference over well, Corey Schneider. But we still still don't know what he looks like in North America. It yeah. does. It is an it is a question mark. Yes. And so I would say, um, for me, as long as Barzal is not in the lineup, the Islanders are not a playoff team. It's not going to happen. So from my vantage point right now, the maybe that is the Islanders. No way. Now I also look at the Pittsburgh Penguins as. A maybe. Now I lean them towards the playoffs as well because I don't think you ever bet against Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. I'm wondering. Tristan Jari's been very, very good. Is Tristan Jari going to be enough? Is their well, defense going to be enough? Is Casey the depth Smith there anymore? Re-entering that yeah. uh, that equation. Yeah. Boy, I really hope. Let me just say, I really hope Kasperi Kapanen didn't blow it. Because supposedly he's got some sort of visa issue or whatever. I don't know if it's his fault or whatever. From, but I, I've asked around and apparently team's not upset with him about it. So I guess it's it's okay, things well, do seem to happen around Casperi Kapanen, but this might not be one of those things that happened. It's I mean, it's a pandemic and there's continents involved. What's ever happened to Casperi Kapanen? I don't know. Oh, things just happen. Nah. The way he just happens to be there when they do. Nah, Nothing's quite, ever happened. It's quite cheeky. They're, right. They're just, yeah. And apparently he's a, a lot of fun. I'm not taking shots. Like they're just, oh, totally. some people are, are accident prone. Am I right? But he's yes, but he, we're talking about a guy who's got an opportunity to play with Sidney Crosby. Yes. And let's say he's a week late to the season and whoever Crosby starts with is hot as a pistol. All of a sudden you maybe never get that chance. Yeah. And you got to play with a, a Gino shit. If, what a maybe if you're lucky no oh come on if you're lucky they gave up a first round pick and hollander for him he's playing in the top six yeah, yeah you're probably he's right. play- they you're don't have any right. who else is going to take his spot jake gensel is he even there anymore no, gensel's there no who am i think jason zucker who i forgot they completely oh, yeah, had. that's right oh yeah they don't have yeah. hornquist anymore no more horny. hornquist is gone yeah so so i'm gonna say Buffalo, New Jersey, Islanders not at, not in. Pittsburgh's a maybe, and New, the New York Rangers are a maybe. Boston, Philly, and Washington to me are locks. I'm trying to decide between Pittsburgh and New York who yeah. I like the best. Pick your four. What is this? I, I think Pick I think based teams. on this. I list, think, no, no, list the rest of the teams too. List the, I think oh, the, you're gonna list New Jersey again, Adam? We're breaking down the divisions. I'm trying to talk about players. You break uh, down the rest of them. But I'm I, I'm thinking that because Artemi Panarin's coming off an MVP caliber, caliber season. Then I'm going to go with the Rangers on this one. I think they've got the goaltending. I think they've got the young stars. I think Lafreniere is good for 40 points in 56 games. I think the New, the New York Rangers are going to make it, and I'm calling for the Pittsburgh Penguins not to. I don't mind eating my words later on, but I think the New York Rangers are going to be scary good in a couple of years. I, I will say this with Lafreniere. 
Um, the more, because people are uh, releasing their models. Oh, here's how many points we think this team is going to get, or th- these players, or whatever. The least predictable are the guys who have not played NHL games yet. Right. right. And Lafreniere, I think, is maybe the biggest X factor potentially in the league. Um, because how do you properly calculate that? He's never set foot in the NHL. Can I just say that those models are garbage? Like, <laughs> you yeah. can say it. I'm you not. can say whatever you want, man. <laughs> okay, that's how I feel. Like okay. I don't I don't believe your computer is <laughs> generating how how these guys are gonna play together, of course, of a season. You're guessing. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, what but it? it's like educated yeah. guess, right? Okay. But it's not based on anything. Yeah. Because there's, I, there's I no find knowledge it, of the future. Like no, you're I, not a time machine. I know they use information and educated guesses for the guys who have never played before, but I just feel like those are the teams that always, oh, where did this come from? What do you mean where did it come from? All the rookies. Right. Where no, but it's from. also how do you predict predict the Leafs if half the roster is turned over? Right. What is what is your computer going to say that how this line's going to play together? How is Thornton going going to play on the first line? Well, you got to say something, right? right? You, and you got to say something. And you this is their your opinion yes. on the matter based on like the history and not hey, this this computer says Thornton scored this many points over his career and this is how many points the Leafs are going to get. Like, I don't think anyone's sense. model says Thornton on the first line is a good idea. <laughs> well, mine that, doesn't. Mine up here. That, <laughs> but. Right. Who knows? I've been wrong about Nick Robertson as a forward. Uh, all right. Next division. Are you guys ready? No. Okay. Well, uh, you're going to find a new way. The Discover NHL Central Division featuring the teams, Carolina, Chicago, and Columbus. Also, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, and Tampa Bay. Ah, uh, yes. The Central Division featuring five Eastern Conference teams, two of which touch the ocean. <laughs> the Atlantic Ocean. Yes. 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 But uh, anyway, long story short, let's get into it. Jesse, who are you picking? Uh, a couple of them are super easy. You don't really need explanation. Tampa and Dallas. Uh, the Stanley Cup final. I'm going to pick those teams to return to the playoffs. Uh, next up, we have the Carolina Hurricanes. This podcast has been huge on the Hurricanes for the last uh, like half decade. I'm so hot for the Hurricanes, man. So hot for those Hurricanes, just spinning in there. So I definitely think that they're going to make it back to the playoffs, especially with that decor. You can't um, bet against those guys. And last. Uh, spot in the division is kind of the one that's up in the air for me. So you have Columbus, you got Nashville, you got Florida, you got Chicago, Detroit, Detroit, Chicago. I got to say Florida are all out for me. It's kind of in between Columbus and Nashville and everything that I saw out of Columbus uh, last playoffs versus the Leafs. I believe that even if they're an underskilled team that they can find a way to play a system that'll win them enough points to make them into the playoffs. So my, Hmm. Four teams are Columbus, Tampa, Dallas, and Carolina. Good picks, Jesse. Steven? Uh, Tampa, Dallas is super easy. When was the last time the two Stanley Cup finalists got to play in the same division? Uh, Tampa is not going to have Kucherov. Cool. They won an entire cup without Steven Stamkos. Like, <laughs> they're good. Uh, and, you know, arguably the best goalie in the league. Dallas Stars, wicked tandem. We know they can get all the way to the Stanley Cup final with their backup. Um, so that's obviously good. Haskinen's a year better, uh, and he's the most important one in that equation. I got Carolina too. I want to see them finally get over the hump. Yeah, you know they they just seem doomed to be this really good regular season team. That pfft. San Jose East. 
Yeah, but even but San, San Jose, like they made the finals, conference finals, and a final. You know, yeah. like come on, Carolina, we need you to get over the hump there. Play James Reimer more. Um, and number four, I'm with Jesse on Columbus being good, mm-hmm. but I don't think they make it. Mm-hmm. Um, people have been citing, oh, well, they were they were able to get past Bobrovsky leaving and and that weird season, and they were able to get past Panarin. Uh, Panarin leaving and in that weird season. Okay, this is the third time now. Pierre-Luc Dubois, his teammates pretty openly mad at him uh, about all this. Can I ask you, Steve, to interrupt you for just a second? What's been the reason? We know that he asked for a trade and we're going to get into this later. Nobody knows, right? I can't tell. No, and it's... I've been reading and reading. I can't find a thing. He's essentially asked for like a sign-in trade, which I'm trying to remember the last time we really saw in the NHL where he's like, Thank you for my extension and trade me now. Like right. I've, I've never, never really seen that, or I, I can't so remember the last. We'll dive time. deeper into that later on in the episode. By the way, yeah, it's and it, he's such an important part of that team. I know Panarin was, I know Bobrovsky was. How many more times? Like this has got to be getting exhausting mm-hmm. uh, for the Blue Jackets, who were, by the way, a fringe playoff team anyway. They were in a play on uh, play in series with the Leafs. It was eight and nine. Um, so I have a team that I think is probably on the way down mm-hmm. but they're not down enough to miss the playoffs entirely the preds i got the preds um i don't think they're gonna do a thing but they're there and they're gonna be there for maybe a year or two more unless david Poyle does something big uh in order for me to take them seriously okay i'm, I'm gonna go with like you, you compared carolina to the sharks a, a bit more like the preds okay you know okay all right. I like it. It's it's like a compliment. It. It's an insult. It's both. Accomplice salt. Accomplice salt. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to make in this particular prediction uh, a very unpopular choice that I'll probably get burned for, but I'm okay with that. So we look at this again, the Discover NHL Central Division. Who are the locks not to make it? Well, Detroit and Chicago, right? Mm, yeah. Who are the locks to make it? Tampa. Dallas, right? I can't believe Chicago without Taves, man. Chicago did make the playoffs last year, right? They made the play in. Nah, 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 nah. And you know who was a rock star in that in that play in? Taves. Yeah, true, true. So you've got Chicago and Detroit not making it. Tampa and Dallas for sure making it. Then Carolina. It's hard to see how you could count them out. Nashville for me has felt stale for a long. Long time. They I don't have, feel great about that pick. <laughs> well, they've gotten progressively worse, right? They, they've gotten really, really bad. Kind of a slow death. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because they've got some talent there, but, you know, the, the, the Johansson contract, which at the time, to me anyway, looked good, looks not good. And they also have, um, and I can't remember his name right now, the Ottawa Senators trade that was a part Turris. of the Duchesne trade. Turris. Adam, you know what I totally forgot? They don't have Turris. They don't. They bought him out, and he's on the Oilers now. Kyle Turris is an Oiler. Weird. There's going to be a few of those, man. Wow. Holy. Hornquist on the Panthers. Turris is on the Oilers. There's some, and, there's some really weird ones, man. And it's funny that you bring up the Florida Panthers, Stephen. Because if we are paying attention, we know that Sergei Bobrovsky has a good year, and then a bad year, and then a good year, and a bad year. His bad years are terrible. His good years are Vesna. He wins the Vesna every time he's good. He 
single-handedly got Todd Richards fired and gave John Tortorella the Jack Adams basically in the same year. This is the game breaker for the Florida Panthers. Sergey Bobrovsky, I believe, is going to have an unbelievable year. It may be the last great year of his career, but I think Sergey Bobrovsky is back this year. And you're going to think I'm crazy, but then let's go through the rest of the Florida Panthers lineup. Not so bad. Huberto, Barkov, Duclair. Don't hate that as a first line. Uh, Vitrano, Wenberg, Hornquist, second line. Not so bad. Uh, and then you get, you know, Noel Achari, Vinny Hinnestroza. Not so bad for depth. Carter Verhage, like longtime Leaf prospect a long time I've ago. about all these moves. <laughs> Mackenzie Weger and Aaron Ekblad is your top two. And then you got Yandel and Nudivara. And then, you know, Anton Strahlman's on that team. When did they get Nudivara? Like, this is not a bad Brutus. hockey team. And... They're only spending $76 million if my if, if what I'm reading is correct this year. So they got room to make a, make a move if they need to. And, and to, think- your po- to your point about Bob, by the way, so he had a 900 save percentage last year. I'm surprised it was that good because yeah. it was like an 860 or whatever at some point. He had a 913 the year before. That's okay. Like that's on, I would say, the upper half of average. League average for starters. Yeah, like it's, I mean, it's not 10 million bucks. If he throws up a 913, that team's in the playoffs, no problem. Yes. And that's why I think Nashville is not as good. I mean, Pecorine is another guy who has a great year and then a terrible year. I think, I think Pecorine and the Nashville Predators are not going to make the playoffs this year as much as it pains me because I love the Preds, but the Florida Panthers will make it in, at least according to me. Now, I might really regret that one because betting on the Panthers is very risky. Now, uh, I do want to quickly talk about Patrick Laine and Pierre-Luc Dubois. Patrick Laine, we know, has long documented history with the Jets – Tough negotiations with uh, Kevin Chevel Dayoff. Um, believes he should be paying with Mark Shifley, but did really gel with Stasny uh, when, when they went to the conference finals against the Golden Knights. Stasny is now back. Um, and, you know, Line A came in with a good attitude and, and obviously hit the press conference and everybody's talking about that. The L- Pierre-Luc Dubois situation, as we said earlier, seems a bit strange, mostly because we don't know why. Normally, it's like, well, the player doesn't like the coach or, you know, you, you hear whispers of anything. This was a shock. And it seems to have started when he was a restricted free agent and other teams were allowed to talk to him. And Yarmo Kekalainen is a guy, and Pierre Lebrun uh, mentioned this in his athletic article about this. Yarmo Kekalainen drops the hammer on restricted free agents. He is tough notoriously tough on restricted free agents. You start with Johansson, which turned into Seth Jones, great trade. Then you had the Josh Anderson stuff, but you know, Darren Ferris is his agent and no negotiation is going to be pleasant with Darren Ferris. No. Then you have Pierre-Luc Dubois, who was a leaf killer, leaf killer. He was unbelievable in that series. And they are, and, and, and frankly, Pierre-Luc Dubois is a part of, should be their, their, their number one guy going forward. Oh, yeah. And that's the guy, if you're going to spend money, you spend it on Pierre-Luc Dubois, but they didn't. What a great pick, by the way, by Kekalainen. A lot yeah, of people were go. making fun of him because yep. he was a, he had like a half season of center in the QMJHL, and they picked him ahead of Jesse Pouliot-Yarvey, who was supposed to be slam dunk number three, and they got Dubois there. Mm-hmm. And Good a lot pick. of – I remember being there and being like, that's a stupid pick. Good Geniuses. Pick. Geniuses. <laughs> but stupid handling of it. You've alienated now your number one guy, the best guy on the team. Right. Well, the future. Now, and it's, and it's, you know, you get your reputation for how you deal with things. 
And, you know, we've talked about how the Blue Jackets dealt with Panarin and how they dealt with Bobrovsky. Well, those were two different things because they were UFAs. So, okay, he handled Josh Anderson this way and he handled it this way and this way and this way. You know what happened in the middle of all that that might have changed things, might have changed the perception of how things should go in restricted free agency for the Blue Jackets? The Leafs? They tried to offer Sheet Marner. Oh, yeah, they did. The Blue Jackets. If I'm Dubois, I'm like, what'd you offer Mitch? All right. It was 13 Would you offer million? Mitch? I want that. Send that over here. Would you offer Mitch? Okay, I I got seventy five percent of what uh you know Mitch got. Give me that. Oh, you're not even going to give me that. You're going to give me less than half. There's going to be a lot of. <clears throat> how how do I say this? There's going to be a lot of players who have to decide how personally they want to take things over the next year or two, because. You know, Yarmo Kekalainen might be notoriously heavy-handed with restricted free agents, but we're in a pandemic, man. Like everyone, they're selling the helmets and the, and the division names, and by God, before you know it, the underwear and the jock straps. Um, we don't know, but you know, teams are in a very difficult spot financially, and no one who thought they were going to get paid this off-season did. You know, you can look at Alex Petrangelo and go, "Well, I'd trade spots with him," and yeah, I bet you would, but. Under normal circumstances, Petrangelo might be getting 10 million bucks a year. And this was anything but normal. Right. This right. this offseason. So there are going to be a lot of hurt feelings. And they're not wrong and they're not right either. Like it's you gotta get what you're worth. And for a lot of guys, it's just not available. Right. The money's so just not do? there. The money's disappeared because the world's changed. Yep. Uh, and that's why you want to get your money as soon as you can, right? Um, but for Pierre-Luc Dubois and Patrick Laine, it seems like there's an instant swap there for the Jets and uh, for the Blue Jackets. You know, I mean, they did go out and get Stastny, uh, the Jets did, um, specifically to play with Laine. And you know that Laine can score 50 goals if he's set up with the right guy. The problem is... Um, it doesn't seem like the Jets are in any hurry to move them. And it doesn't seem like the Blue Jackets are in any hurry to move Pierre-Luc Dubois. We do know that Yarmo Kekalainen has been very interested in Patrick Laine for a couple of seasons now. Does it not make sense that this eventually happens? You know, it's the NHL. They'll drag it out till it's absolutely dead in the water. And then they'll make a move. And we'll all be so bored of it by that point that it, that it will may, barely pass as news. But you know, chances are this swap happens, right? No. Well, it, if Dubois wants to go to Winnipeg, I'd be curious to know why. And it's nothing against Winnipeg he or the have a Jets. No trade clause. He wants out of Columbus. That's all he gets. Right. But like, okay, remember, so we've talked to CJ now and Brian Burke and I think a few others about this. A lot of players, even Canadians, have all seven Canadian, Canadian markets on their no trade list. Mm-hmm. So you're Dubois. You've already signed an extraordinarily, you've signed a modest deal compared to what you thought you would get compared to your market value in terms of term and AAV. And then you're going to go to Canada and get even less. Are you sure? Well, I don't think that's, that's the thing is it's not his choice, Steve. You're no, but like you can, like you, if choice. you withdraw, if, if it's obvious that you're going to be going to Winnipeg, you withdraw your trade request. <laughs> well, but they can then your trade, trade request is, I would like to be traded to please keep me here, but they could still trade you. They could. Yeah. So do you want to request? I, I mean, don't know. You're, I just, you're getting, it's not like you're getting nothing back. If you're Yarma Kekalainen, you're getting a guy who could score 40 goals with his eyes closed. Oh, I know why Kekalainen does it. I don't know why Dubois will want it. 
You but I don't I mean? think it matters. What I'm saying is I don't think it matters what he wants. He you doesn't think he have just any wants trade protection. Well, he no, I don't where. Think, again, I think once you, okay, so he's got no trade protection. I just checked his contract. Right. So that means that when you request request a trade, that means I would rather be anybody or anywhere else but here. Because they can ship you anywhere. They can ship you anywhere. Yeah. That's also, weird. Oh, fun fact from 31 Thoughts this week. Uh, Dubois' dad, Eric, coaches in the Winnipeg organization. He's the oh. uh, he's the assistant coach for uh, the Moose, I think it is. Yeah, the really. So Eric Dubois is already in the Winnipeg organization. Maybe Pierre wants to come over. Mm-hmm. That is have, quite interesting. So the Jets would have Dubois. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> yep. The Steve Jangle podcast with Adam Latin in this. All right. Oh God. Oh God. It's now. Can you imagine Patrick Line? Ah, I am finally free from the shackles of Paul Maurice, and you go to Columbus to be with John Tortorella. Okay, Patrick, you're going to play shorthanded. I expect you to. Dive in front of pucks, please. Let's he, go. He, he he said Duclair could not play because he didn't like how he was defensively. How do you he's think he's going to treat you there, Patty? Yeah. How do you think he's going to treat you there, Patty? You think that's going to be great? Oh, my God. John Tortorella, he doesn't care. He'll, he'll take you off both power plays if he doesn't like you. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't care. He, care. he doesn't care. Uh, he does not care. And plus, John Tortorella has made enough money in his coaching career where he is like, he's got, uh, he me, he's got fuck you money. It's like, I don't really, I, I could, I could take or leave this. I want to be a coach and I'm going to do what I need to do to be the coach because I've got enough money where I could retire tomorrow. And it doesn't matter. Adam, for John Tortorella, $5 is fuck you money. That's true. That's true. <laughs> he just, his name could easily be fuck and you. <laughs> very, very, very true. On the now, attendance, uh, it would be you fuck. Um, so let's, let's talk to uh, just a couple of things here. Uh, well, obviously, uh, we know that Dallas will probably be allowed to, uh, we talked to Chris about this, uh, allow, allow fans in the building. We know the Panthers will be allowed up to 25% capacity, which for those keeping track is about 5,000 people. Now that's about what Panthers, the Panthers draw every game anyway. So it's not like it's a huge change, but, um, the, no, I'm kidding. The Panthers draw, they draw 14,000 a game. So it's not bad. Uh, but the, it's, it's very interesting, you know, from the perspective, you have to understand if you're, if you're not listening from Canada right now, specifically from Ontario, uh, or Quebec, which is currently considering a lockdown and a curfew, we are all locked down and our case levels are, you know, in Ontario, I think it's about 3000 a day. Texas had 12,000 yesterday, new COVID cases and people are out. And it's just, I mean, it's two fundamentally opposed ways of looking at this pandemic, but it is sort of shocking as a Canadian to see that based on the perspective that we have, which is I can't even go to the local hardware store because it's not allowed to be open. You know, that's the that's how crazy different this is. There's and a lot of differences. So be, be glad you guys haven't had Twitter open this whole show. Oh, I've yeah, I've, I have. Uh, I've seen what's happening. I've seen what's happening. Shit. We're not talking about it. No. Uh, but the I think the uh, I think it's very very interesting, and it will be very interesting to see who at the beginning of the season allows it and who by the end of the season will allow it. As I said to you before, I think that if you have the right protocols in in place, because we're just looking at a blanket tweet, the Panthers will allow 5,000 people in. Okay. Well, we know that Florida is a bit of a mess always. 
they're using at, uh, at a <laughs> hospital, they're using Eventbrite uh, to put out the vaccine. Eventbrite is the same program we used when we used to do our little cinema things where we'd play a game and host the night. Remember that? We used You're Eventbrite joking. with Panago. Yes. You made that up. No, that's a at real the story. Review, at the review cinema, we used Eventbrite to send out free tickets to uh, SGP listeners so they could come down to review and watch uh, Saturday Night Hockey with us. And that is how hospitals <laughs> in Florida are handling the vaccine rollout. What a bunch so, of weirdos. Why can't they just let it sit in the freezer for weeks on end like us? Like us, yeah. Our vaccines oh. are here. They're just like, you know what? We just don't, we haven't planned, bro. Like you had a year. <laughs> you had a year. We've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. <laughs> Here's a cheesecake, you fucks. Anyway, sorry. So um, anyway, long story short, uh, it's going to be interesting who allows it at the beginning and who by the end will allow it. And I think given what we know about the sanitary conditions about other places, I don't see any reason why, and especially because there, there could be lawsuits and that sort of thing if the NHL isn't careful. I don't see any reason why you couldn't given the vaccine, maybe, maybe 25% of the population's vaccinated. If you have a vaccine passport, which they're talking about here in Canada, and you can prove you've been vaccinated and you come in with a mask on, why not? I, th I think we're still at least a few months away from that, but no, I, I agree with you. If you and I'm not saying yet, I'm not saying yet. I'm talking, no. I'm talking three, four months down the road, but by the playoffs, it's conceivable. Is it not? It is. It, it can change fast in both directions. Right. So I remember, man, it's crazy. When we were talking about uh, the Eric Lindros uh, tournament for Easter seals, there Never were 80, 85 cases in the province. Wow. And we were talking about playing. We were talking about playing hockey and we were talking about the protocols for how to still do the tournament. Mm -hmm. There are, the last I checked, there were 3,300. Now, it could, if the cases in the province are, let's say, under 500 and a lot of people have been vaccinated and you can prove you've been vaccinated and you're wearing a mask and it's, I don't know what, 10% capacity, 20%, why not? Right. Why not? No, I, I do agree with you. I'm just, for me, it's, um, it's all Bar Barney, the dinosaur imagination. <laughs> it's uh, yes. I agree with the theory. Of course I do. Of course. Mm -hmm. But I'm just, uh, I'm having a real hard time picturing it. Yeah. I feel like even if there was like a concrete, Oh, on June 1st, the world is back to normal and COVID has gone away. I think right now that's so hard for people who are living in lockdown situations like ours to look at, you know, yeah. that's, that's the mood. It feels like right now where it's like, I can't even see the light at the end of the tunnel right now. It's I'm not even dark. far enough down the tunnel to see a little speckle. It's just all darkness. So yeah. When you propose that it's like, yeah, that's great. But I, I don't even, I can't even I, That's not a concept in my mind. I'm looking forward to getting back to this. You see that behind me? That's a picture of us at a live show together i have a picture of you two in my room mm -hmm. and we shook hands with people and we hugged yeah and I, you and i after everyone left we kissed on the mouth for hours I, until I the sun happened. came up I don't, it I was don't great that happened. it like, happened a lot of people I they're not it. allowed in their workplaces like i yeah. think that's that's a reality for most people and they're like i'd like to leave my house before i even think about going to a game right my bet uh, the hockey arenas and the basketball uh, arenas open up before the workplaces do. That's my bet. <laughs> money, guys, money. 
Just saying, money. Oh yeah. Uh, so with all that in mind, uh, good good luck to everybody down there. Uh, anybody going through this, uh, this is you know hopefully the beginning of the end. And uh, you know with the vaccine roll, like like you said, Steve. At least the Floridians are vac- vaccinating people. Ontario, it's like well, we just we need a plan before we need to plan the plan before we roll out the plan that we've planned. Yeah, I I'm just so fucking <laughs> mad, man. I know, man. <laughs> okay, I just and then, no, I know, I know, I know. Let's not, let's not go not, I know, I know. No, we don't like, need that. I did, not, no, 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 let's no, 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 We're not getting not into specifics. Even, all right, all right, no, all right. No, you're right. You're no, right. just we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll so, just drop it. Um, Elliot said that uh, the pitch to Thornton to bring him to Toronto was to play on the first line. And why not? So he's okay, going to so get they, to start the season with Matthews and Marner. When they inevitably take him off, he's going to get taken off. Yeah, but you I think he's that. 41. Yeah, I think you you manage his time with Hyman. I think they're going to flip back and forth. And what if he plays 10 minutes a night on the first line and plays 15 minutes total, what's the harm in that? He can do that. If you what can't do first that. First line plays like that. Well, I don't you know, know what I mean? they're trying stuff, man. They don't manage Bergeron, yeah. Pasternak, Marchand. They go have fun. We well, that, one of the things that I read, and James Myrtle put this in in his article uh, about this, is it may allow them to start the Matthews line in offensive zones like they do with Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak. Those guys get sixty one percent of their starts in the ozone. So if you can have Matthews and Marner and Thornton in the ozone 60% of the time. Not only do their stats go through the roof, but Thornton doesn't have to skate end to end. Yeah. Right? I and if you've got Riley and Bodie back there. It, yeah. 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 Like Marner you, and Matthews carry that defensive load in terms of forwards. Yes, they have to. They and have got, to, and they should. If you've got Riley Bodie or you've got Muzzin Hall, I think it's manageable on the back end. I do. Yeah. Adam, I love you. It's Brody. Brody, sorry. Bodie. Sorry, you what said it I 19 say? times. Sorry. I know. What the hell's wrong with me? I know it's Brody. Why did I say that? Because you miss Troy Bodie. I do. I do. He was a big a big fan. Big fan. Big, also a big, big fan of, big of Olympic skier Bodie Miller. Uh, anyway, long story short, there's there's a lot more wheeling back there uh, than there would have been before. Now, Muzzin is not the fastest guy in the world, but he manages his, his ice yeah. properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and really... it'll be interesting to see where Letton in plays, too. Mm-hmm. Lettinen's a huge X factor on this team and he's a great example of well how do you predict his impact on the team he's like how? a 20 he's a 26 year old guy who's spent his whole career in the KHL nah the computer can do it what? stop it Jesse. then there's the factor of <laughs> Jesse will get zero angry tweets after this by the way I'm there's, not bitter. there's also the factor of like in 2013 there are players who have literally played zero games Mm-hmm. and players who have played many. And then there's Lettinen, who has played many, but has not played for so long that does it even matter? You know what I mean? He played from, I want to say, September till the end of November, and now he hasn't played for over a month. I think it matters. Uh, yeah, but like how much? Like, so how do, you, how do you predict his impact? But uh, with the roster decision, well, so far, everything can change. Uh, VC with Tavares and Nylander, I think Donated. really, really work. Don't yeah. hate it. I, I like it. it. I like it a lot. Yeah. This is a guy, VC is a 15 goal guy up until the Sabres. And the Sabres are awful and were awful last year. Um, so, like, nobody was good on the Sabres last year except for Jack Eichel, right? Fair. He, he, he's got to, yes. And he's got to know his job on that line. Mm-hmm. Goals. We're, you're the worker. Yeah. You're the worker and you take advantage 
of the puck when everyone else is focused on the other guys making $17 million. Or well, because Nylander's going to be wheeling around the zone, holding onto the puck. Net front. Tavares, and Tavares net front. is going to be not front. I would think yep. Tavares is net front. No, Nylander, net front guy. <laughs> he no, is he, a net front guy. He, he did. That whole season. He did. He did. He did. He did. Right. <laughs> that, line, that line to me is, is the line you park in front of the net. Oh, and yeah. VC's like a relatively big guy. Mm-hmm. That line could wreak havoc. I really like it. Yeah. Big fan. Big I think fan. it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so there's lo- there's lots of that to go through, and we'll do a full leaf season preview uh, next episode when we know a little bit more about what's no. going on. As Chris said, we can't even get in. We don't know what they're doing. We do it. Uh, <laughs> and Wayne Simmons, and I know this is the time of year that everybody's like, I feel great. Uh, the the shape of my life. Every yeah. team's undefeated. Every player is Stanley Cup ready. You know? I do want to say, though, that for guys like Thornton and Simmons who have battled long-term injuries, I think – Thornton's had both legs replaced at this point. Knees, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, the fact that they've had this much time, Simmons for sure needed it. Um, mm. Probably is to their benefit. He probably does. He said he feels better than he has in three or four years. I can believe that. Seven or eight months off to heal those injuries? Yeah. I think the reason, I don't think players are liars. I think they come to camp and they say they're in the best shape uh, they've been in in a long time. They haven't taken a body check in nine months. It's a great feeling, I got to imagine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Imagine doing point. that for a living, and then you haven't been hit by another human for like almost a year. When was the last time you were hit by another human? Steve. Like actually, like on purpose? Yeah, like physically crushed. Uh, at hockey, a is couple that the, years is, ago by accident. Did we see that? We saw that on. Uh, didn't we? Didn't you put when that I'm wearing on the blue jersey? Is, My, is that the video up? where you got crushed? Yeah, I have a spot. Yeah. <laughs> it's something that connects. It's something that connects your like chest to your shoulder or something like that. It clicks like permanently now. Because <laughs> I just got fucking destroyed. <laughs> One hit. One hit. One in my entire life. Or no, I've been hit adult life. I've had two really bad hits in hockey. Both were complete accidents. But like, and both times I'm just like, how do people live this way? <laughs> Right, (laughs) right. Holy shit. Anyway, we'll get into the press conference now because we are running out of time. Jesse? Uh, I don't have questions today. Oh, he doesn't have any questions. I didn't solicit for them. Give me some answers then. We had a a jam-packed show. We do have one note. The the podcast can now be found at a new location. Adam, do you want to take this over? Yeah, that's right. Uh, So you're going to be able to find the podcast on the Athletic app. Uh, You can check it out uh, ad-free. Uh, if you are a subscriber to The Athletic, and you can find it in all the normal places as well. Um, I do know, Jesse, that the hosting has changed a little bit too. Uh, yes, but that won't change for anybody. That won't so, change for anybody. Yeah, that, yes. Nobody will see where it's hosted now. Okay, well, but uh, is it available on SoundCloud? Because I know there are people that were yes. listening on SoundCloud. Yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. Okay, perfect. It'll, no, your host, nothing will change. It'll just be found in a brand new location, also on The Athletic app. Amazing. So uh, if you want to listen to this show ad-free at any time, you can by checking it out through the Athletic app uh, and you can subscribe there. And uh, that is all we got for today, guys, I think. Can I have one more note? What's the note? So I just got sent a tweet by Berkshire. Oh. So it's a tweet from Josh Yohe, who covers the Penguins. Yes. Sidney Crosby leaves the scrimmage and heads to the locker room. Received a big hit earlier. And his skates have been driving him nuts today. Not sure if his departure is health or equipment related. And then Ryan Wilson, a.k.a. Gunnar Stahl on Hockey Twitter, responds with three words in a quote tweet. Bye. 
Cody CC. He was hit by Cody CC. Supposedly. Who is, why is Cody CC hitting anyone in practice? (laughs) What? Like, especially Sid. Dude, I saw a clip of, uh, I can't remember who it was on the Oilers hitting Connor McDavid and McDavid barreled into the net just like he did when he snapped his PCL. And I'm like, oh my God, do not, just have non-contact <laughs> until the season. You don't need begins. to do this. You don't need oh to do this. You've all thrown hits before. You don't need to do this. Oh, oh, sorry. I know you wanted to end the show there, but it's that was just nope. too, too feeling unbelievable. A, feeling too a unbelievable. little better about my uh, non-Penguins playoff thing. Feeling a little better about that. Not good for Shoot. Sid, though. Not we don't like that. So we'll we'll monitor that situation. We will be back next Wednesday, and then as of the start of the season, uh, two weeks from now, we will be switching our schedule to Mondays and thursdays so you will get us at the beginning of the week and the end of the week and we will be back to two episodes a week probably until i don't know what late august like when the heck is this season ending anyway uh hell no supposed to be done by the end of july sure okay well that's what it ends then that's what it'll be (laughs) so we got we got a big long uh stretch of double episode weeks ahead of us and uh, we're very very excited to get back on track all of 2020 there was only five and a half months of actual hockey. That's it's crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah. Thank you for, if you're listening to this right now and you've been here the whole time, my God, I love you. Like <laughs> yeah. you've been listening to this hockey podcast the whole time. And yeah. for there's been hockey for less than half the time. Right. In the, in, in 2020. So this year alone, and then by May of this year, May 15th of this year, we'll have surpassed basically the amount of hockey that we had all of us. <laughs> Or I guess it's June 1st. Even so, uh, we're very, very lucky and very fortunate to be through, uh, I think, the worst of it. And uh, and so excited to get rolling. Uh, some exciting stuff on the way for the show as well. So we'll be getting into that in the coming weeks. And in the meantime, we love you and we will see you next Wednesday. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.